Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. I am here with Nick Capozzi. Actually, Nick Capozzi is here with me. We are in San Diego at Cali Barbecue. He came all the way from Tempe with Ben, with Aaron, splice video. Today we are gonna argue about video. I am going to push his thesis. We are gonna bring you, the listener, into the world of digital hospitality. We're grateful that you found this show. If you're new, welcome. We believe every business needs to be digital first, especially brick and mortar businesses, and we believe every business is in the hospitality business, whether they know it or not. I cannot agree more with that statement. And first off, I'm gonna give a shout out to Dean LeBay. I met Dean LeBay on LinkedIn I told Dean LeBay to come to Clubhouse, which I invite anybody that's listening to the show, come to Clubhouse, come to the digital playgrounds. People that listen to the show, you don't listen to the show unless you want to level up. Dean has been leveling up, and he actually introduced me to this fucking guy. This fucking guy is about to lay it down. He's going to tell you the business that he's building with Ben and Aaron at Splice Video, how video can help your business. And let's just start with what's Splice Video. Man, can we start with the barbecue? When is the barbecue? When is the tailgate? He wants wedding beans. I've told him about beans so good that you'd want to serve them at your wedding. We will talk about branding. We'll talk about beans later. Let's talk about video. Okay. Sure. Fine. So not only is this a podcast, so not only can you listen on Spotify, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, but more importantly, it's also on YouTube. It will be cut for Instagram. It will be on Instagram stories. It will be on Facebook. It will be on X. It will be on threads. I'd put it on Snapchat if I had the bandwidth. I don't. But... You and I believe deeply in storytelling. We believe deeply in video. Yes. You've yes. launched a brand new business yes. that you are very busy. You have been running from town to town, helping CEOs, helping SaaS companies specifically better tell their story online. Yep. We speak the same language. Let's let the listener and viewer in to who you are and what you're building. I'm here for it. Where are we starting? I want to know about Splice Video. You just launched Splice Video. What's the sales pitch? So Nick, I stole Nick, my sales pitch from him. That's how good. That's how. That's how good we are. So pitch. Let's go. Let's hear it. We put a B two C lens on B two B efficiency tools because B two B B two C is sexy. It's chicken wings and high tops. B two B two fish efficiency tools are not sexy. See, I wasn't ready for that, man. I kind of try it again. Into, we can cut this video up. We can splice this video to make you sound better. Go again. Elevator pitch. Go. B2C is sexy. It's chicken wings and high tops. But how do you make B2B efficiency tools sexy? By pulling out their stories. The story of the founder. The story of the pain points. The story of your delighted clients. So that's what we do. We pull stories out of people. Stories you don't realize you have because you've been drinking your old Kool-Aid your whole career. So there's one statistic in a recent video that you posted about LinkedIn specifically. You know, if you guys are listening to the show, you know how much I love LinkedIn, how much I believe in it. Post every single day, if not multiple times a day. But you posted a statistic about LinkedIn specifically about creators on the platform. Can you share that with the audience? So according to LinkedIn, 1% of their regular users, and they view an active user as someone who logs on at least once a week, post content. So one out of 100 people are posting anything at all mostly text-based, and we don't have data on the amount of people posting video, but I'll say anecdotally from my experience, it's probably 1% of that 1%, which means that's one in 10,000 people. One in 10,000 people are posting video online, and you think it's saturated because you see a couple people in your space. If you follow barbecue people, you're gonna find the people posting videos about barbecue. But the reality is when you pull out of that and you're at a 30,000 foot view, People aren't really talking that much about it. 
right? The, the, sorry. The opportunity is there for you to create content, be the mayor of that town, get in front of people, get people excited about your, your product or your service. Because the reality is it's very difficult to affect your buyer's timeline. But if you're continuously dripping with them with content when they are ready to buy, they look at you as a thought leader in the space. I want to know your history of stages, yep. your history of speaking, yep. your history of media, radio, and how it got to you to this deep thesis of why you launched Life's Video. Results are in National Restaurant Association show, Kyle and Sarah and myself. We were at the Davos sales tax booth and we were polling restaurant owners on the floor. This was a very unscientific poll, but the results are resounding. Restaurant owners do not like sales tax. Nobody likes sales tax. Doesn't matter what business owner you are, small business, big business, Davo automates the sales tax process. We are so grateful that Davo is the sponsor of this show. They automate sales tax at our Cali barbecue restaurants. It is $50 a month. It integrates with all the major point of sale partners, including Toast. So if you want to sleep at night, if you want to not worry about sales tax, Go to Davo, check them out, Davo Sales Tax. Uh, let us know how they're helping automate your sales tax in your restaurant so that we can share your Davo story on digital hospitality. Okay, let's see if I can do this in 45 seconds. So I don't need 45 uh, seconds. This is long form podcast. We're not a, this isn't legacy media. I know, but you asked me to I've pitch. given you the platform. I don't need a pitch. I need you to share and bring us in to Nick Capozzi. So I grew up in Montreal, Canada, and I knew two things when I was eight years old. This is a true story. One, I was not gonna fucking live in Canada in the winter. I knew that as a kid. The other was I wanted to work in radio. So everything I did, grade school, high school, was to get to this college program. I was in radio for about a year, then I realized there was no fucking money in it. So my buddies from college were in TV. I spent four years in television as a production assistant, but I was still trying to do voice work. And one day I met this party in the suburb of Toronto. And this guy comes up to me and says, you do radio? He goes, can you do that on a stage? And I'm like, fuck yes. Next thing I knew, stepped onto a cruise ship in Miami, spent 10 years living at sea, another five years in management, and I have over 10,000 hours on a stage pitching high-end, luxury, duty-free, think Swiss watches, to hundreds and hundreds of people. Three years ago, I pivoted by accident to the tech space, wasn't trying to. I just started posting content about what I knew, which was radio skills, presentation skills, and it blew up. And I, I hesitated for so long. The irony, Sean, was I hesitated for so long to post that first video because I'm thinking I'm connected to CEOs of cruise lines. You know, COVID's happening. I might want to go back at some point. Do I post this? And it took off. It was a simple video. I'll never forget it about talking with tempo and pace. When to talk really fast and then how to slow down to keep engagement. Blew up, started posting video after video. And it was the tech software as a solution world that picked me up because I was talking their language. I didn't know their language, wasn't trying to get into tech, but they were liking and following, became a sales consultant because that's what I thought I was. But then the market told me what I actually was, which was a video producer because we kept getting the opportunities for video. And then six months ago, I plucked these two guys here, Ben and Aaron, out of the cornfields of Indiana. <laughs> and true story. It wasn't a hard sell. You want to live in Scottsdale, Arizona or, or Indiana? Hold on. You didn't pluck them. How did they find you? I found them. How? Video content. Oh, wait. I'm digitally hospitable content? Is that how you found them? That's 100% how I found them. Are you telling me there's people on the internet that believe in what you believe in? 
And that you can connect together and do big business, build big ideas? So I had contracts in hand and I, that I could not fulfill because I am not an editor, I am not a videographer, I am a strategist, right, when it comes to brands. I worked with all these luxury duties. You're a stage brands. man. Well, but I'm also a brand strategist because this, this media division, I talked about cruise ships, but I was working for a division of uh, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy, their brand yes. division, their only media company. And when I had these contracts in hand six months ago, I had a job, but I had these contracts in hand. And I said, I have a business here. I just got to figure out who to actually work with. So I was interviewing these teams. And one thing my dad told me three years ago, he said, Nick, you know what? You're an entrepreneur, but you need partners because you have a very specialized skill set. You need an operator, you need this, you need that. So I started looking for that. And I was interviewing these pairs of teams of an operator creative, operator creative. And I found these guys, Ben and Aaron, who were posting these beautiful, thoughtful, well, um, great thought out, engaging videos on LinkedIn. And they hadn't had any followers yet because they were just starting off. And I said, those guys are talented. I said, let's talk. Took a little pushing and pulling, uh, but I got them to come and visit uh, Scottsdale. And within three days, I had them both signed to year long leases. So hey, we're spliced video now. <laughs> so tell me about the client work that you guys are doing currently. And then what's the plan for client work into the future? So what we just vacuumed up right away was tech. And we thought we'd be chasing, you know, small startups, trying to interview CEOs of these, you know, hey, maybe they're, they're pre-funding, pre-series A. What happened was we landed Fortune 500s, a couple of them, and they kept coming back for more. So we said, well, we really have something. Expanded more into, uh, you know, some startups and some different things. But my background being luxury goods, we also want to focus on that because at heart, I'm still a B2C guy. That's what we do, putting a B2C lens on B2B. But, you know, I want to talk about luxury brands and jewelry and things that have perceived value. Because if I have two leather goods, the reality is, is that the cost is very similar. Correct. One is X and one is X times a thousand price-wise. What are you paying that times a thousand for is that brand name, that recognition that, you know what? My favorite influencers are buying this brand. I want that brand. It makes you feel engaged in the conversation. So we love doing B2C. And I think the other thing too is like B2C has so many stories. I mean, you have a media company spun off a barbecue restaurant, right? That's what's possible. From lawn care companies to lawyers, everyone has a story. And I think, you know, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but we get caught up in drinking our own Kool-Aid. I mentioned this earlier. You follow barbecue, that's all you see on your social media. But the reality is, is that there might be one or two or five lawn care companies in all of America yeah. that are putting that effort into social and they're killing it because of that. But there's room for 995 more Correct. to also kill it. That's the opportunity. That is the wide open ocean that you have. When you were on the cruise ship, you mm -hmm. told me, I mean, the, the thing that's so fascinating for me, and I probably for anybody, why so many people are fascinated with cruise ships, is the amount of attention that's captured on one place. Yeah. And when you have that attention that's captured, how do you upsell them? How did you use video to slow drip them to the stage and then close them on stage? So I started in 2000 dating myself a little bit, but what happened was I went on my first contract and if you cruised in 2000, 23 years ago, you had three TV channels on a cruise ship, CNN, ESPN, Deportes in Spanish, all soccer, and then this is a real channel for the brands we were representing. No one from my company was on the ship except me. I was a department of one person. So my next contract, the radio TV guy, brought his little handy cam, 
And I started doing videos to drive people to my live presentation. So instead of just seeing, oh, this is a beautiful piece, this is a beautiful piece, like my Instagram feed, here's yep. a beautiful plate, here's a beautiful ring, I was now telling the story of why shop duty-free. Because when you go to Jamaica, you have to get Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee, and here's why, right? So I'd open up with, with things with <laughs> you know, lower price points, the coffee and the vanilla in Mexico, but it would spin up and then elevate and elevate to a $5,000 Swiss watch or a $10,000 diamond bracelet. And you know that's all we were doing was just telling these, these great brand stories, using video to drive traffic. And then my presentations were live on a stage. So I have like 10,000 hours. So in the video, you're yeah. taking the camcorder with yourself? Correct. So you literally had your own YouTube channel for the show? In 2000, so in the 2000. quality was horrible. Yes. But I had a captive audience in that. Did you need any people. approval from the cruise line to post this content? I slipped the broadcast guy a hundred bucks every week. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to. I, I didn't have to worry about the cruise line because we were third-party contractors. I had to worry about my company. Yeah. Who we were a media company. Yeah. Right. But I said, well, look, instead of driving a hundred people to my presentation, I'm driving five hundred. You got a you got a problem with that? Because yeah. then I can way talk better about those brands. But no one said anything because we were having so much success. And um, that's all it was. Was just how long was the excited. how long was the content? Was oh, it you as a talking head? Five minutes. Me in front of like a theater or wherever it was or in the atrium did, of the cruise ship. Who was ship. videoing you? Me on a camcorder. I know, but did you have the camcorder set up and then you... Yes. We're turning around in Miami. I have like a 20 minute window where there's no guests on the ship. 20 minutes where everyone's off before everyone comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, Cam camcorder, let's go. One take, five minutes. Okay, here's why you got to come to this presentation tomorrow. Right, because I'm going to tell you all. Because you got to buy, you need to buy souvenirs, Sean. Yeah. You need a souvenir for your mom, for your dad, for your brothers and sisters, for the dog sitter, the cat sitter. And you the pet can't sitter. go to this location without buying this thing, man. Otherwise, you, why did you even go to the location? Right. Right. Because that's what it is. It's memories. You're yeah. curating memories, right? And that you get that Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee, which really is some of the best coffee in the world. And every time you sip and savor that for the next three months, you're thinking about your trip to Jamaica and you're planning your next, you know, cruise again. Right. What was the call to action in the video? Was to come to the speech? So we had a bunch of stuff we would give away, but it was basically come to the talk because I am going to shepherd you through everything you need to know about these ports. I'm going to teach you everything to know about Brand Cayman, what to shop for, where to shop, where to have lunch, what the best beaches are, how much should a taxi cost. So really I was focused on the duty free, but I was giving value in all these other ways of being a local expert because we were driving, we were pushing people ashore. That's what we were doing. So, and if you, you know, if you're a revenue department on a cruise ship, let's say there's a dozen, if you are thinking about a revenue department before you cruise, you think about the sexy ones, the spa or the casino. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you think about the ship, the ports, all of that. You're not thinking about duty free. We were like the 13th department if yeah. there was only 12. So I had to shake hands, kiss babies, build relationships. Where can I get a microphone? Oh, the spa's doing a raffle. What can I give away in the spa raffle so that I can get three minutes of mic time in front of 42 people? And I would build one by one. And then the other thing I would do, this was one of the best hacks I had was how I would give value without asking anything in return. So the craziest place on a cruise ship that you don't want to be is embarkation day. So you're on the ship. And now the line of guest services from like noon to 4 p.m. It's 200 people deep. It's sometimes an hour and a half line. And the senior staff all had to be there. Hotel director, F&B director, housekeeping director. But they were there in a defensive posture because they're putting out problems. You know, they got other things they have to worry about. But now they're dealing with the dad, with the kids for three weeks or three hours on the flight from Minnesota because mom's on vacation as soon as she gets here. So I didn't have to be there. 
So what I would do is I would work this line of 200 people and I'd say, excuse me, in a very soft voice, I'm not guest services, but can I just ask your question to see if you're in the right line? Because Sean, half the time they were in the wrong fucking line. So I would just say to them, you know what? You don't need to be in this line. See that line over there with two people? That's where you need to be. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, you just saved me this line. Just this random guy coming up to you, solving a problem. They'd look at my name badge, Nick from Canada. What do you do? And I'd say, oh, we have a great presentation on all the ports of call tomorrow, all the duty-free shopping. You definitely want to be there at noon. I'll make it entertaining. I'll make it engaging for you. And they'd say, great. And I'd say, bring five friends. And they would bring five friends. The people they met at dinner, they're like, I met this guy, Nick. He was so great. And they would come. And then I'd have 500 people. And this is in the first 18 hours of the cruise. I'm trying to assemble 500 people to come to a talk at noon on the first sea day when the barbecue and buffet are going on upstairs to the dark theater for an hour at lunchtime. All right, that's what I had to do to get bums in seats, to get people excited about the shopping. Everyone, uh, Avi Gorin, CEO and co-founder of Marquee. And I wanna talk about the customer journey for a second. You never know as a restaurant owner where your guests are truly coming from. End of the day, we do see some patterns around two types of search behaviors, direct versus discovery. Direct search, for an example, would be jumping into Google and saying Cali barbecue hours, right? I know where I want to go to eat, but I'm missing a key detail. I need a little bit more information. Discovery, which is the bulk of searches, is barbecue in San Diego, restaurants near me, takeout near me, right? One of the best ways to be found for more discovery searches is leveraging keywords. Reviews are basically free content for you to leverage. Think about keywords that are relevant to your brand, your location, and include as many of those in your review responses as possible, right? How can you go about doing this? Let's set up reports, utilize tools like Google Trends, find out what's going on in your area and how you can help leverage these keywords and review responses, because someone else is doing that, right? If you need some examples, you could do anything from including summer menu, gluten-free menu, um, leverage specific menu items like the dreaded and beloved spice pumpkin anything in your review responses, right? Let them know what's coming. Let your reviewers know something they should come back and try. And of course, if all of this just seems overwhelming and daunting because you're already running a, a restaurant and have enough on your plate, just leverage the team at Marquee to do this for you. We handle all of this. We're experts in this space. We can automate this. So it's just another item that you know you are taking care of. Again, that's marquee.com, M-A-R-Q-I-I, M-A-R-Q-I-I.com. Know you. However, we did recently buy M-A-R-Q-U-I-I.com. So if you do misspell it, we got you. You'll still find us. We can still help you. When you think of revenue centers on a cruise ship yep. and you compare them to revenue centers on digital playgrounds, yep. LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, podcasts, storytelling, how do you get people, how do you capture attention? How do you bring people, because like you said, the cruise ship has done the great job of bringing all these people together. Now you just have to figure out of these, how many people are on a cruise ship typically? Four or 5,000. Four or 5,000. So out of that, that's 500 people. It's a lot of people under that four or 5,000. When you think of LinkedIn, of how many people are on LinkedIn, how do you capture attention with entertainment, this with is, education? This is easy because what it comes down to is 
getting that attention on a cruise ship, it's hard. Because if you think- Wait, are you telling me that if you didn't go and do those things, nobody would come to your presentation? I would have one-fifth of people. Yeah. If I wasn't doing of all course. of that extra effort. So if you're not posting on LinkedIn, you're not going to do any business? Listen, you are preaching to the choir, <laughs> my friend, because I am, listen, I have built now a couple different businesses or consultancies off of LinkedIn without a plan. Yeah. Just kind of figuring out what worked, learning from people like Rob Napoli, from Larry Long, things that were successful for them. But now, you know, a lot of our clients come to us and they want to build a personal brand. And, you know, I'll say, look, I can teach you to do in three months what took me three years to figure out. It's all about consistency. But back to the cruise ships, getting that attention on a cruise ship was so fucking hard because that's Major League Baseball. Social media is Little League. Yeah. I just got to go up and take my my hits. I just got to go up and take my swings. Yeah. Right? It's T-ball. It's T-ball. And the thing, the mis- a couple ways that people self-sabotage is they think I can't make good content. I have, you know, imposter syndrome. I definitely can't make a video, Never mind even post. So, so much of what I do is just getting people comfortable with the idea that they can post. And that again, that's the opportunity to step on stage and be a mayor of a small town with one in 10,000 10, people posting videos on LinkedIn. So I'm gonna challenge your assumption of stylized video. One okay. of the things that we teach is the problem that people have with posting is that they want quality. They want what you guys sell. They want a sexy video. They want that B2C content in the B2B space. But quality never happens first, unless they hire a company like you, or they hire a company like Cali Barbecue Media, where we actually help them. We have a team. We understand how to do it. We've been doing it. But the answer is, if you're not going to go that route, how do you do it yourself? And what we say, it's quantity, speed, consistency will eventually equal quality. Quantity, speed, consistency. For you, I'm gonna challenge you and your content because you have an Instagram page yep. and you're posting the content that you put on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. When are you going to start doing less stylized videos, more raw videos, more vlogging content. So I'm with you. And I think what we're doing, so one thing I learned- Because you need both. I'm with you. So one thing I learned from LinkedIn is, from all these great people I followed over the years, is understand what the market wants from you. Yep. Right? So we said, we're gonna do video. What kind of video is that gonna be? We didn't know. So we will do hyper stylized. We'll sometimes put 60 hours into one three minute video. But the reason we do that, if you have a product release, a feature release, something where you need that retention to be maintained high yep. throughout. But what wins is regular dripping content, yep. right? And that is, listen, you and I doing this podcast, we could cut 10, 20, 30 video clips out of this episode we're doing can't, right can't. now. We will. We will. But that's the point is that consistency wins because you cannot affect, it's very difficult to affect when your buyer's ready to buy. Correct. However, when they are ready to buy and you've been dripping them, you look like the subject matter expert that you are, you're the first person they call. When you go to events, now that you've been producing content on LinkedIn and you see someone for the first time and they see you like, oh my God, that's Nick, that's my best friend, but you don't even know that they follow you. What is that lesson that you go and you try to teach other executives, not just executives, but basically anybody, anybody that cares about what they do for a living, 
should be communicating what they do on the internet. So what I'll, I'll tie this back to cruise 2000, the last two days of the cruise, I could not walk down the main thoroughfare of the cruise line. And the reason was, was my talk was now taken and put on television. So I only had 10% of the people show up, but other people would see me on TV all week. And it was so uncomfortable because what would happen is everyone in the crowd walking down that main thoroughfare would look at me and recognize me, but not know from where. Do I actually know that guy? Now I've been on their in-cabin television, but they haven't put those things. They would stop and be like, where do I know you from? It was so uncomfortable. I would take longer routes. You were literally running one of the three channels. You're running one of the three channels on the cruise ship. So now when I show up at a live event, they're like, oh my God, it's you. Yeah. You're way taller than I thought. I get that a lot. <laughs> but it's it's you. Or even if I hop in a Zoom meeting, someone's been watching my content for 18 months, yeah. they're looking for a video solution. They're like, oh shit, it's you. It's you're real. And you're in the studio that you usually capture in. Holy shit. So they're three quarters to, to ready to buy, right? Because they know me, they trust me. You know, and then what we do is obviously with our clients, we're always talking about how happy our clients are. We're showing our client work. So we have this feedback loop of happy clients and new clients we're onboarding that we're trying to delight. And I am at heart a hospitality guy. And I, you know, I tease the guys, Ben and Aaron, but we are a, a hospitality business first. It just happens our tool of choice is video. So let's bring people that are listening to this, that are watching this inside the game within the game. Yep. Yesterday, you, me, Ben, Aaron, Rob, we all went to Tacos El Gordo. I said, I'm taking you to the best tacos on earth. Best I've ever had. Phenomenal tacos. I'm happy you agree. Um, then we went to Coronado Beach with my wife, my son, my daughter. But we spent the sunset talking deep about video, about business. We were, you were giving me advice. I was giving you advice. Rob was talking about what he was building. We talked. And I pushed you and I said, how the hell are you don't have a show? You know, it's the show. Everyone that's listening to this, we believe in our core that everyone needs their own show. Like literally we're living life. It's funny because I'm on Zoom, all my calls that I do on Zoom, I always record and I always have my Fireflies AI recorder and I'll have people or I'll go and I'll get interviewed by someone and they'll go, do you mind if I record? And I go, did it happen if it wasn't recording? Did this even happen if it wasn't recording? So I'll tell you, I'm going to explain why we don't have a show. It's plays video yet, but it's coming because if not, I'm going to hear about it like nonstop drip of text. <laughs> well, now I have a spliced video of you promising us a show. And She's I can coming. say, where's my weekly show? So I'm going to tell you what I did was what happens to a lot of people that we're working with. They're like, I got too busy. When we started the six the months ago. Problem. It's a happy problem, but I thought I'd be chasing air conditioning company repair guys. Yeah. I thought that's what we'd be looking at, not Fortune 500 companies. Sure. So we just got so busy and we, re we had product market fits. Yep. Right. We realized that we listened to what the audience wanted from us. We gave them that. We got so busy. We're six months old. We've been on the road for three months. Yeah. So that's an excuse. It's a nice it excuse. Like it's, it's a nice problem to have, but no, it's definitely an excuse. And we need to make regular content ourselves. I'll tell you another problem we made in the beginning. We were doing these gorgeous 40, 50 hour edits to this episodic series about us launching the company. Cause we wanted to show how talented our team was, like how good Ben and Aaron are at the creative. 
what wound up happening was it was so much work that the client work took over and yeah. then it was like okay we'll come back to that we parked it and now three months later we're like shit we we need a show because if not sean wall Street's gonna break my balls well the the beauty about all the stuff that we talk about is that when we realize so much of it is the same when you get down to what is storytelling what is creating a show it's audio it's video it's words and images yeah. and how do we consistently do that on a daily basis, weekly basis, quarterly basis, yearly basis, so that people know us, they trust us, they believe in us, or they think we're full of shit. Yeah. But at least we're there. We're in all these playgrounds that are free. All of these playgrounds, I don't, I don't need to go make YouTube. Yeah. It's already there. Yeah. I don't need to ask for permission to yeah. start a YouTube show. I don't care what business you're in, you can start an episodic series, but why not why just focus on one platform? Why not focus omni-channel? And obviously, focus becomes the issue, right? You, no, you should be, and it's not hard to post and to engage on multiple platforms. You, you know, depending on the size of your company, it'd be great to have someone dedicated to this, someone whose Correct. job this just is. But when you're in a role like you as the boss, or me as a co-founder, um, you know, we have other responsibilities Correct. as well. So I'm just making uh, excuses. In Canada, we call we say I'm skating, just skating all over the ice right now. Are you guys always um, skating in Canada? That's all we do, man. If we don't shoot guns, we shoot pucks. <laughs> Fair enough. So for the people, what kind of sales tips can you share with what you've learned from the stage, from the cruise ship to now selling video? What kind of things have you learned about selling? So we have a team that does some outbounding for us in our sales cycle, and I will jump in and do these loom videos. So I'll get into the conversation. Hey, Sean, I saw you've been talking to Jen and our team. I'm going to jump in here and now, you know, send you a personalized loom video, which takes us to another stratosphere. Because now maybe they've seen the content. Now I'm getting involved. I'm saying their name, their company's name. I'm saying I looked at seven of your competitors on their LinkedIn, no video. The other competitor, no video, no video, no video, no video, no video. That's <laughs> it's unbelievable. So anybody that's watching this, please, please, whoever you do business with, whoever your major partners are, whoever your competitors are, go onto their LinkedIn page and see what they've posted. Nothing is good. And not only that, I'm going to tell there's you. There's not even 1%. Not a, no there's so few brands that are doing it well. So let's go back to being the mayor. We're talking still one out of 10,000 people posting videos. They're not good. It's not hard to make it good. Correct. The biggest problem people make, in my experience, is they try and talk about the solution. They think, if I'm going to get in front of video, i got to talk about the problem that I saw. They have to have a commercial? They have a commercial. They're not in the show. Yeah. They're not part of the show. I'm totally stealing that line. You have to. It's a brilliant line. I've stolen a lot of lines from you, man. It's fine. Holy cow. Um, but there's, you know, I stole them from someone else, so you should steal them. If they're, if they're good, then you just keep repeating. But making hard content is difficult. People think, what does it look like? It's got to be this, it's got to be that, it's got to be that. Here's one of the best tips for deciding what you want to talk about. So pick what you want to talk about, and you can be anything. If you're a young seller starting off in sales, there's 100,000 young sellers on LinkedIn who are dying for advice on the things you're learning your first two, three, four months jobs, month in the job. You could be someone who's founded and sold five companies. There's an audience for that. Just talking. So what I always tell people is record yourself either as a video or open up a Word document, click dictate, and just talk for 30 minutes about something you know. Could you talk about the, the LA Chargers for 30 minutes? Easily. Right? I could talk about food for 30 minutes, rugby for 30 minutes. So I'll just talk, 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 talk. Then what I'll do is I'll, I'll either transcribe that if I shot it as a video 
or I'll print it up, which is still old school for me. I go through the highlighter. Through 30 minutes of just talking, you're gonna find anywhere from 10 to, or excuse me, 20 to 40, sometimes 60 distinct thoughts in there that relate to you being a new seller, that relate to you being a founder who's at five exits. Those actionable insights. What are things people can actually stop the video and use? I'll then take those, I'll put them on a teleprompter, bigview.tv, B-I-G-V-U.tv is a great one. Load them all up and I'm just now on my phone and I'm going, hey, here's this 18 to 30 seconds thought. Here's another one, here's another one. Editing is very easy or you can offload it to someone um, because you want that vlog style is ideal. And out of that, now you've got a quarter's worth of content from just doing a 30 minute thought dump about something you're already an expert in. Talk to me, so one of our big theses is the problem with events is that they do not capture content the right way. People are spending stupid amounts of money, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars yep. to try to get in front of customers the same way you do at a cruise ship. But what we believe in, what I know you guys believe in is if you're at the event and you've gotten these great thought leaders together, why aren't you capturing that content and repurposing that content? You are preaching to the choir, right? We went to an event recently. We delivered over 100 plus videos from two days of capture. We got keynotes, breakouts. We broke those down into short form content. We got 15 partner interviews, delighted partners. That, by the way, after like a C, I'll even say a, a happy partner or a happy client is the most valuable content you can put online, yeah. at least in, in the B2B space. Um, we interviewed their C-suite, 100, 100 plus videos, right? Because you're already creating these impactful moments. You're just not capturing it and then you're not distributing it, right? It's just such a waste. So what we did the other day. Nothing is worse than a video that lives on a drive that never is published on a blog. Oh, God, you kill me slowly. <laughs> Nothing is worse. So what we did uh, last month, we went to no, Toronto. Like nobody's on your website. We put a micro event together. There was no sponsor. There was no one involved. We showed up in Toronto. We interviewed 14 people in these graffiti alleys, a mix of founders and influencers and leaders in the tech space. Then what we did was we gifted them all three videos, two, three, four videos each. We did this one beautiful piece about Toronto as a, as a place to start up yep. a city. And then what we did, the strategy, we did a LinkedIn takeover. So with all these videos that we gifted, we had everyone drop at the same time, cross tag everyone. We had these- uh, Fire festival. Right, well, I, I don't know if fire festival is the right one. I, I, I'm thinking fire festival Bahamas, but, <laughs> um, but we had all these people talking about it at the same time. And between everyone's posts, we had like way over a thousand likes yeah. and half and 500 comments, right? I mean, if, if now that was sponsored, right? It's like that's a thousand opportunities for to, to highlight your company, your brand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For me, it's very exciting because I feel like we're just in the beginning in 2023. You know, we started this show back in 2017. Um, the first iPhone came out in 2007. Yeah. So we're not even in 2027 when we're going to look back at this recording, at what you guys are building, what Cali Barbecue Media is building, and see, holy shit, that was just the beginning of what we're talking about. Like everyone thinks that content is on LinkedIn all the time. Like people still don't understand what LinkedIn is. So I am going to. I mean, there are celebrities that are getting on, TikTok, on LinkedIn right now. I see that. I see that. I'm going to tell you something. It's 2023, September 2023. People think that all this social media is saturated. It is not, and it is still 
greenfield, especially on LinkedIn, especially because B2B brands are so conservative, yep. you know, and hey, listen, I don't know, we got to run this by legal and we have compliance issues and this and that and the other thing. At the end of the day, it is greenfield. You can take over the world right now with video on LinkedIn. You can build anything you want as long as you have a video strategy. Anyway, I tell people videos in our name, videos, again, our tool of choice, but we're a go-to-market strategy agency. Yeah. We are helping you tell your story, pull that out, and then how to shine a light on you that will reflect out to the business world. I love it. So every single Wednesday, every single Friday on the social audio app Clubhouse, we want you, the listener, you, the viewer, to come up on stage, tell us your story, tell us about your restaurant, your business, if you're a creator, if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, we have digital hospitality leaders from all over the globe. Uh, Nick shows up on stage, Dean LeBay shows up on stage, Troy Hooper, Jason Berkowitz, so many incredible people uh, that get together. We call it, it's like pickup basketball, but it's for digital hospitality. But here's the thing, you were such a leader in your space, and sometimes you'll, because I've been in that clubhouse and it's amazing, you'll maybe have 15, 20 people in there. Yeah. You can get involved in the conversation, but people get time with you. Now you're a sweetheart who gives up your time, but people will look at you and say, I can't just reach out, reach out to Sean and get you know a 30 minute Zoom with them. You'd probably do that. I do that. Weirdly available. I, I make that happen too, right? It's these little relationships that spawn. If I don't meet Dean LeBay, I don't meet you. Yep. And now Rob Napoli's here. I introduce Rob to you. Yep. Right? That all spun off of Dean LeBay saying you need to know Sean Walshaf. It's some it's absolutely amazing. So where can people learn more about Splice Video, learn about you? Obviously, we'll put links in the show notes. Splicevideo.com is a horrible website, but it's there. LinkedIn is the best place. LinkedIn or our social media handles are Splice Video AZ because we're based in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but uh, you can find us. Find me on LinkedIn, Nick Capozzi. Whatever you need, gotcha. Boom. And if you guys want to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Uh, send me a message on Instagram. I will follow you back um, or any of the social platforms. We're on all the playgrounds. We care about you. We care about your business. And we hope that one day you'll be sitting here at our barbecue. Actually, hopefully this turns into our, this is the Master Smokehouse and Media Center. So hopefully whenever I interview you, will be uh, actually in studio because right now it's uh, it's tailgater time, it's wedding bean time, it's time to eat. Buddy, I am ready to eat and I will tell you this, you have me ready, you're the first person who's convinced me to move to San Diego and I, it's an option. Just moving to San Diego. Found a nice townhouse It's not an Boya. option, it's closed. It's I great. ink the deal. It's great. Right here on Digital Hospitality. Okay, one. Huh. Ink huh. the deal. Yeah, he, this first guest that actually brought notes. What a, kind of a note. Signed. Time. Sealed Moving to San Diego, Splice Video, San Diego headquarters. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much.